Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. In the Word of God, 1 Peter 3.15 says this, Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. Hi, Alex McFarland here. Welcome to a very special edition of Truth and Liberty. We've got a fantastic show, folks. And in a few moments, you'll meet a journalist and colleague, Aubrey Shines of Real America's Voice. In just a moment, though, I want you to meet a very special colleague and friend, a longtime partner in ministry, Carl Kirby of Reasons for Hope, because together we've got some youth camps coming up this summer. And I'll tell you about that, and I think it'll be a great encouragement to you. But I want to tell you that our number, we will take calls in 30 minutes from now. The telephone number is 719-619-2341. This is Truth and Liberty, and God wants to work through your life to make a difference because our nation so desperately needs the gospel. Now, I opened up with that verse, 1 Peter 3.15, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks a reason for the hope within you. Do this with gentleness and respect. The, the old King James says, do this with meekness and fear. But the, the word answer and the word reason, folks, if somebody asks you, why do you believe in God? Does God even exist? Or why should I believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Would you be able to present and even defend your faith? Because 1 Peter 3.15 contains a Greek word, apologia. Now, we get the word apologetics from this. Now, and now it's not apologizing. It's not saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry for being a Christian. Please like me anyway. <laughs> it was not saying that. The word apologetics is an ancient legal word, and it means to speak in defense of something, to defend what you believe. Could you defend what you believe and the reasons why? Well, somebody who has really been a pioneer in this and has devoted his life to defending the Christian faith and equipping thousands and thousands of others to do the same, especially young people. It's a, a friend for whom I have just utmost respect. His name is Carl Kirby. Carl is an apologist. He's a, a Christian scholar. He's the founder of a great ministry called Reasons for Hope. And I've collaborated with Reasons for Hope for many years and uh, just cannot say enough about them. Carl Kirby, welcome to Truth and Liberty, my friend. Alex, you always bless me, and you give way too good of an introduction, man. There's high expectations now. Well, listen, you are brilliant, and I'm not saying this to fluff you up because you're very humble, but God's given you great abilities and a great mind, and you've used that to equip and inspire others. I want to talk about our camps, but mm. first of all, um, tell about Reasons for Hope, and what, what's your website, and what does Reasons for Hope do? Oh, Reasons for Hope, the website is R-F-O-R-H, just a you know, short uh, version of Reasons for Hope. 
forh.com org net. We have all of them. But uh, what we do is we try to get folks to understand that they can trust God's word from the very beginning. They don't have to be ashamed. They don't have to be afraid. And that when they start with God's word, they can give answers to tough issues that the world is throwing at them. It will be different than what the world is giving to, uh, especially our younger generation now, but all of us, quite frankly. But that's because you're starting from a source that is God's word. And God's answers are going to be so much better and so much more powerful than man's opinion and man's wisdom. So, yeah, we're, as you talked about, apologetic. And I love that verse there, too, because that word apologia, the, the simple thing that I tell folks is that it just means to give a logical, rational explanation why you believe what you say you believe. And I mean, shouldn't that be the way it is for any of our beliefs? I mean, so, sure. um, yeah, I mean, we just got back. Uh, this has been my busiest January in ministry ever. We've already done two youth events this, uh, this, this month. Uh, one in Hawaii, one in Minnesota. You figure that out. That's that's a contrast right there. But uh, it's amazing what, you, what what folks don't realize. I don't. I really don't think, for the most part, people in the church don't realize is that this younger generation truly is looking for exactly what the scripture is talking about: answers, sure. answers that make sense, that uh, uh, that are solid, and they get excited. They, they really do. They really do. Uh, there's a news story that came out uh, this morning about the rise of transgenderism and gender confusion, and I want to ask your opinion on that. But first, uh, let's talk about our camps coming up. Folks, here's yeah. a website we want you to know, equipretreat.org. Equip is spelled just like it sounds, equipretreat.org. Middle schoolers and high schoolers, and summer's coming up. I know we're in the dead of winter and all of these sub-zero temperatures, but folks, the equip camps, Carl and I and uh, David Glander, some incredible speakers, we talk to youth about the Christian faith. What does it mean to be a believer? But we talk about creation versus evolution. We talk about the defense of the Christian faith. And Carl, aren't you excited? Every summer, and we've been doing this a long time, kids mm -hmm. all over the country, they come and they are enthusiastic about learning truth. Kids care about what's real and what's true. And it, at the equip camps, they learn it, don't they? Amen. We've got six or six camps this year, Alex, which is yeah. so encouraging because, I mean, we started off only doing like uh, one and then two, and then last year we had four. Well, this year we're up to six, and we're, we're trying to increase that even more. And we're all across the country. We're in Montana, we're in Georgia, South Carolina, Indiana, New Jersey, and Elgin, Illinois. That's a special one there in Elgin, Illinois. i got a crazy story behind that. But uh yeah, the, the 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 camps work. We I tell folks, and I shouldn't tell them this because I think it scares some people off. We have 17 teaching sessions over five days, and yeah. I've had adults tell me kids aren't going to sit for that. And I'm like, you don't have a clue. They sit for it and they love it because we're doing the fun stuff in between, right? It's it's not just all lecture. It's not college class. They are getting the fun stuff, but they are getting rock solid uh, teaching as well. And yes. that combination works. It just flat works. You know, Carl, we do the fun stuff, folks, at the equipretreat.org camps. We do all the fun camp stuff, the, the ropes course, the zip line, and yes, I ride the zip line and I drop into the lake. Uh, we, we have all the fun stuff, but we do the sessions and we teach the Bible. And let me say for myself, Carl Kirby, Dave Glander, all of our staff, we believe the Bible is the infallible Word of God. 
We believe when Genesis says that God created in six literal days and rested on the seventh. We believe that. When the Bible okay. says that the Lord Jesus, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, Acts 4.12, Jesus alone is the Savior. That's what we teach these kids, and they Amen. receive it enthusiastically, don't they, Carl? Absolutely. You were there this uh, last year at Georgia when, I, you know, when we get into, uh, into the sessions, it's not just straight lectures, sit there, listen, we're engaging, we're interacting, right? And so I looked down at my computer, and we had really gotten into some areas, we're back and forth with the, the youth, and uh, I looked at my presentation, I had about 20 minutes more of material, but I only had 10 minutes of time left, and I was coming up against the break where now these guys get to go out on the zip lines and the and the climbing wall and all the fun stuff. And so just off the cuff, Alex, I said, oh, uh, let me skip ahead here, guys, so I can get you guys out on time. I've got it on film. These kids were like, no, we don't want to go. We don't have any place to go. We want to hear this. And it's like parents don't – I just don't think they believe me, but I'll show you the video. They want something that's solid and it makes sense, and then they're in. And so, uh, yeah, yeah I, we've got we got kids coming from Hawaii this year, Alex. We got we got a group of kids coming from Hawaii. Uh, I think we're going to get some from Minnesota. I was just in Minnesota, got home yesterday, and I think we got a young uh, group of young folks coming down to Indiana from uh, from there. And here's something really cool, Alex. You haven't heard this. We just talked about it yesterday. We've reached out to an organization. We've got the initial. Uh, conversation going. They do mission trips type stuff. They want the equipped teaching, but we wanted the mission trip activity as well. Because look, yes, we love the camp setting, but then there's some service type things that we can do as well. Mm -hmm. It looks like next year we might be offering equipped mission uh, uh, trip to, as well, because we'll do the training at these things. But then instead of doing camp setting, they're going to be doing a service. Amen. Well, and kids want something to live for. You know, Carl, you know, Angie and I, our story, I was a full-time youth pastor for 11 years, and then we started doing conferences all over America. And uh, kids, they want to know what is true uh, in terms of what to believe and what to base their yeah. life on. But then the, they love hands-on projects. Yeah. Kids yes. want to serve. And, and I'm going to say this. I've, I've said this in many leadership seminars. Uh, Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, pastors, um, don't ask less of the youth. Ask more. Yes. Amen. Listen, don't water it down. Don't soft pedal it. Uh, because honestly, kids want something to to give their their entire self to, and the Lord Jesus Christ and the biblical worldview, and then living a life with and for Jesus. That's deep down what everybody wants. And mm -hmm. if you ask more of your youth, not ask less, ask more, they, they will rise to the challenge. The Holy Spirit of God will empower them to do that. So, Carl, I'm thrilled. Um, let me throw something out here. This morning, uh, a news agency called me to comment. There's a study about transgenderism, gender confusion, same-sex attraction. And they estimate since COVID over the last three or four years that in most every state, the, the one state that's different, South Dakota, uh, but in most states among young people, gender confusion, gender dysphoria, and uh, transgender, you know, fascination is up two 
uh, and three times, and they were asking, what is the cause of that? Now, first of all, Carl, I'd like for you to comment, how important is it for us to tell young people what the Word of God says about gender? And then why all the doubt, why the, the unbiblical perspectives, why are our young people so confused, Carl, about morals, gender, sexuality, and truth? You know, Alex, I read a report by Barna, if I'm not mistaken, and it was talking about ministers, the pastors who have a biblical worldview, senior pastors, 41% have a biblical worldview. But then you go down to associate pastors, it's in the 20%, teaching pastor, 13%, youth pastors, 12%. 12% of youth pastors have a biblical worldview, according to the research done by Barnum. And by Can the you way, give me those stats again? Yeah, it's 41% for senior pastors. Uh, don't quote me on the uh, the assistant. It's like 23% if I, if I, I can get it to you. 13%, I know these next two for certain because I use it so much. 13% have a biblical worldview of teaching pastors and 12% for uh, youth pastors. Mm. It goes in there from Barna says, if you want to understand, and this is a loose paraphrase, if you want to understand why our youth have gone so crazy over the last 10 years especially, there it is. We have a generation that has been taught that, at best, the Bible is just an old, outdated book and has, you know, maybe some good teaching in it, but it's not real. And the mm. more we move away from God's Word, the more we move towards man's wisdom and man's opinion, the more these issues are going to explode. It's not going to slow down. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, in our culture, we do what we do because of what we see in the culture. They're pointing people away from God, and we're trying to point them to God. Because what we see over and over again is once somebody can trust the Word of God, trust the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, these issues start coming into focus and they can deal with them. I truly believe that what we have is a spiritual battle going on right now, and it's confusion. When you have a yeah. Supreme Court justice that can't tell us what a woman is, that tells us that this is not just superficial. This is throughout the entire culture. And the yeah. only way that we're going to be able to deal with it is by having that rock-solid truth. And that's one of the uh, illustrations that I use in my uh, talk on There Is No Truth. We have to have a standard referent if we want to know if something is true or not. And as Christians, our standard referent is the Word of God. The less we trust it, the more crazy it's going to get, even inside the church. And we see that with statistics like 12% of youth pastors having a biblical worldview. So, parent, hear my heart. Do not abdicate your responsibility to anybody. Don't abdicate your responsibility of training your child to the government schools, to the Christian schools, to the pastors. It's your responsibility. They, these other entities can help you. They, they, and, and I pray that you have a church that is coming alongside of you and helping you like that. But if you're at a church where the youth pastor doesn't have a biblical worldview, you need to get out. I'm just sorry. Get out of this group or preach it. Get out. Yeah, because look, folks, the Word of God, the Bible, is, is God's infallible, inerrant Word. Inerrant means without error. So wherever the Word of God speaks, it is truth. Now, when we say a biblical worldview, we're talking, of course, about salvation. What does the Word of God say about how to be forgiven of our sins? But do you know the Bible speaks about family? 
The Bible speaks about government. The Bible speaks about business and economics. The Bible speaks about charity and benevolence. The Bible speaks about the nation of Israel. Uh, the Bible speaks about gender. Now, folks, if you're just tuning in, it's Alex McFarland here with Carl Kirby, our longtime colleague and uh, friend with Reasons for Hope. Carl's team and, and our group, we do summer camps. And the website of those is equipretreat.org. Middle school and high schoolers, we're all over the country, Montana, New Jersey, Indiana, Georgia, all over the country, please go to the website equipretreat.org because yes, we talk about salvation and kids receive it, but we talk about life. And Carl, it thrills my heart to be at, at these camps every summer. And by the way, the camps are so affordable, under $400 because we raise money to subsidize. And in 25 years of, Angie and I have done camps since 98. We've never turned a youth away, never. And uh, listen, we talk about America. We talk about uh, wokeness and how to stand against it, actually. but. Carl, here's the thing about biblical worldview, and I know when I was at Focus on the Family working on the Truth Project, which was a big resource some years back, my uh, colleague and dear friend, Dr. Del Tackett, he said, mm. look in any direction, 360 degrees, look in any direction of life, and God has spoken. Amen. Business, economics, marriage, conflict resolution, government, education. Carl, how imperative is it that we Christians and the church in general, that we get back to the solid foundation of a biblical worldview in all of life? How vital and important is that? The research that I was talking about, I, I wanted to look it up real quick, Alex, is from Arizona Christian University, 2022. Okay. So people want to do a search on that. It's out there. It's a nationwide study of over a thousand pastors. All right, and it's it's it'll break your heart. All right, twenty eight percent of associate pastors. Uh, so that that's the percentage. How important is it? Look, uh, look at TV. Turn on TV if you dare. Um, huh. Go out into the culture if you dare. And we have a culture that is running amok. That's gone crazy. And again, the further you get away from God's word, the crazier it's going to be. The more social media our younger generation ingest, the less social they become. And so we have got to get to the stage where uh, we can allow God's Word to be what it is, His Word, and allow it to be that authority for our life, because that is the only, truly only thing that can change us. I, I mean, yeah. I look back at my own life, Alex. I didn't, I didn't become a Christian until I was 26. I wrecked three cars from drunk driving. You name the drug, I did it. Um, I, I have a horrible background, and that's what man is apart from God. We are out of control. And yeah. so the only thing that can break down these these walls that are being built up uh, between people groups, I mean, it's so unbelievable how how mean people have gotten towards each other because of skin tone, eye shape, hair texture, uh, all of this stuff that has blown back up. And that is Satan driving a wedge in between his people. And we are all God's people. We are all related. And unless we have that biblical answer that we are his creation, 
then we have no value. And so yeah. uh, we, we can try and make up all these. Your value comes from how pretty smart, talented. But all of those are so worthless. All of them will go away. All of them will leave you. But Jesus will never leave and forsake you. So it's vitally important that we can trust him with our heart, soul, mind, strength. Because if we don't, we have nothing. Uh, and let me say, folks, listen carefully, please. Um, eventually in your life, if you're a Christian and you go to church, as I, as I hope you do, eventually you're going to be called on to serve on a committee, sometimes a pulpit committee, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we do through Karis Bible College is we have created with Andrew Womack and the faculty of Karis, and we've had great people like David Barton and Bill Federer and so many great people. We're creating a curriculum on biblical worldview. And you can go to uh, karisbiblecollege.org and if you Google biblical worldview, this is imperative. Carl, listen to this and, and you see the absence of a biblical worldview. About two years ago, I went to Illinois and we did a youth weekend. It was great. Now, this particular church did not have a pastor at the time, but I, I came in and I spoke and we had a huge crowd and we talked about the gospel, had kids get saved. It was great. And we talked about defending the faith and the youth pastor was great. And anyway, in the meantime, they call a pastor, a young guy who's freshly minted out of one of the seminaries. Well, this pastor texted me last week and he's, he's losing his youth pastor job because he was teaching the kids that we need to stand with Israel. Right. And after October 7, he was talking about Israel and that we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, the new pastor and obviously the people on the pulpit search committee they didn't know the hard questions to ask. They get a woke young pastor, and this pastor is turning this thing upside down. Very sad. Mm -hmm. And the, um, this was a church that, like I say, about three years ago, we had a major, wonderful conference there. But folks, you need biblical worldview. John 17, 17, here's what the Lord says. Jesus says, and this is about scripture and the church. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is T-R-U-T-H, truth. And Carl, what you and I are about, I think one of the reasons you and I work together uh, so fruitfully and so tirelessly, we know the Bible is God's word. Look, folks, name the issue. I know where I stand because I know where the Bible stands. And we're praying for a generation to be that passionate about the Word of God as well, aren't we, Carl? Amen. And they can be, and they are. That's what I think uh, just encourages my heart so much. So this last trip, I was just over in Hawaii, and on this trip, there were two young men there that when I started teaching, the first time I taught with them, they were like 10 and 11 years old. One of them is now a professional golfer on the PGA Tour. He just made it. He's an amateur and we were able to sit down and talk. This young man is still on fire for the Lord. And that just so blessed me to see that it sticks. And another young man 
is uh, he's mid twenties. He's now in the, uh, the the National Guard in Hawaii, and he came and and both of these young people talking to me about how important it was for them to be able to stand firmly and to have answers for why they believed what they said they believed, and that's what carried them through the craziness because it, it's just reality. This generation is going to run into this stuff, and so if we've not prepared them. Well, we have prepared them. We prepared them for failure, and we can prepare them to be much stronger and be effective witnesses. I would ask people to please pray for us and join us. Come, yeah. come to one of the camps. See what goes on there. If you think we're blowing smoke at you, come on down and take a look because uh, you're going to see young lives changed. And we appreciate the people that help us do that. Amen. The website again for the summer camps and summer of 24 will be here before you know it, but it's equipretreat.org, equipretreat.org. Now, Carl, we don't have too much time before the first break. Uh, by the way, folks, we're going to take calls and questions in our second uh, portion with journalist Aubrey Shines. That number is 719-619-2341. But um, Carl, tell us about debunked. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up this is world class. Carl, what is debunked? Well, Alex, you're so gracious. Uh, debunked are our short videos where we take on the questions and statements that we get from the younger generation. Because when we do our camps, we hand out index cards day one, say, Write down the questions keeping you from selling out for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we take the ones that we get a lot, right? And and uh, they we turn them into short debunked videos, which are, when I say short, three and a half to five minute long, taking on issues uh, that the culture is raising. Like the last one that uh, we did, we, we dealt with Lucy, our supposed evolutionary ancestor. And we did that one especially for a museum out in Glendive, Montana, where I'm going to be uh, leading. I, uh, a dinosaur dig. Well, I won't be leading the dig part, but I'll be doing the devotion part. We've got the guys that know what they're doing when it comes to the digging part. People come on out and join us, man. But uh, so we did that for them. But we, you name, you name the question, the topic, and that's the type of stuff that we go after. And if folks want to see them, all you have to do is download our app and just go to your app store and search five letters: R, F O R, H. And when you search that, you'll see a blue asterisk on a black background. Download that. And one of the tabs that's in there is white with a blue uh, paint splotch, and there's a white D inside of that. You go inside there, you'll see debunked videos. All 25 current videos are in there, as well as all the other tabs, hours of free content, because we want folks to have tools in their hands, including, Alex, we just took over 100 people through the Honolulu Zoo. Uh, just a couple of days ago, Honolulu Zoo, teaching young people how to stand at the exhibits. Here's what the Word of God says. Here's what the world says. Here's what we actually see and be lights in the culture. Well, when is this dinosaur dig, Carl? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm so bad I don't know anything, Alex. Is it on the Reasons for Hope website? It is. It's on our. If you go to the website, there it is. July eight to eleven. I had to look it up real quick. <laughs> right. I'm terrible. Wow. We got that. We got all kind of stuff. We got a Grand Canyon trip. We got the uh, the dinosaur dig, and we have the equip retreats. Get to those. You know, we've only got about a minute and a half left. But really, believing the Bible from page one what God says about our origins, what God says about sin and the fall. Carl, how, how important is Genesis to the you, Christian Grace, faith? I'm sorry I cut you off there, Alex. I'll tell you this. I wanted to rush because of the time. 
standing outside of the hippo in Honolulu Zoo, having young people read Genesis, giving descriptions of what we, uh, what God told us happened, then looking at the world around us, and then taking them to Job and reading Job, and this is what the description is, and this is what we see. The lights were coming on. One young lady, real quick, she came through. I, I taught her. Another group showed up because people were just walking through and were doing this. I started using her. Now, what about this? And she's answering, and she's answering. You can see the confidence growing. How important is Genesis? When you can trust Genesis, you can sell out for John. Amen. Oh, wow. Great. Well, Carl Kirby, we appreciate you so much. Look forward to being, we'll be all over the country this summer with the Equip Camps. And uh, hey, folks, remember the youth in your life are hungry for truth. And we need to boldly share that. Carl Kirby, you're a blessing, my friend. Oh, you guys bless me. Take care. Take care. Folks, this is Truth and Liberty. By the way, in all of the the conversation, maybe you're thinking about your relationship with God and how do I really know that I have Christ in my life? If you need prayer, spiritual help, the telephone number is 719-635-1111. We want to pray with you. We want you to know that you know that you know Jesus is in your life. So call that number. When we come back, journalist, pastor, and author, Aubrey Shines on this edition of Truth and Liberty. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, The world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, All you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Welcome back to this edition of Truth and Liberty. I'm so glad that you're watching. And again, John 17, 17, here's what Jesus said about the Bible. Thy word is truth. You know, I I can give what I believe are compelling reasons to accept that the Bible is the word of God. But you know the most basic reason? I believe the Bible is the word of God because Jesus said so, and he was raised from the dead. I've got a very dear friend, Dr. Gary Habermas. He did his PhD at Michigan State, and we're going to get him on Truth and Liberty. We've been working to get the schedule synced up. But Dr. Habermas for 30 years has been known as the world expert 
expert on the resurrection of Christ, and he's got a three-volume set coming out. We'll talk about that, but I'll never forget, I was in a big conference, and there were uh, half a dozen PhDs on the stage, literally, and uh, Dr. Habermas, somebody said, why do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? And, you know, we all expected this treatise, this, you know, long, voluminous answer of scholarly reasons, and, and believe me, they are there. Gary Habermas, he said, why do I believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Because Jesus said so, and He was raised from the dead. And, you know, that, that's short, but it's really true. John 17, 17, your Word is truth. And so uh, that's what the Word of God will do. I want to read this passage in its larger context. In John 17, now you remember Christ is on His way to the cross. And very often John 17 is called like the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And He says, Father, I finished the work You've given me to do. And by the way, one of the verses that I really love, let me read here verse 14. Jesus had ministered for three years, and now it was all coming to a summation. Christ was going to the cross, and He would be nailed to the cross. And the appropriate measure of God's wrath that you and I deserved, Jesus would suffer on the cross and endure the pain and the punishment. And you and I, if you put your faith in Jesus, you're delivered. You are not appointed unto wrath anymore. Now, if you reject Jesus... Yes, you do face wrath. Uh, and in fact, in 2 Thessalonians, that for those that did not love and obey the truth, there is, and this is the Bible's word, damnation. It's very frightening. Folks, if you're not sure that you've been born again, my, my goodness, right now while you're alive and right now while you have the opportunity, turn to Christ. But here's what he did in his three-year ministry. Verse 14 of John 17. I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. Now here's what Jesus says. He gave the word of God because, listen carefully, Jesus is not just a good man, he is the God-man. Jesus didn't just speak for God. He spoke as God. Isn't that something? The most unique life that ever lived. Uh, Jesus, fully God and fully man, but not fallen man. And so why do I believe the Bible is the Word of God? A whole lot of reasons. But number one, because God incarnate, Jesus Christ, affirm Scripture as the Word of God. Don't ever be ashamed to say, I believe the Bible is God's Word. Hey, by the way, the, the number, if you want to call in with a question, 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. Now, let me tell you about a couple of exciting things coming up, especially if you happen to be on the East Coast. Uh, our beloved friend, this guy is a powerhouse, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I don't know if you've ever heard him preach in person, but uh, you better buckle up because that man is a, a powerhouse. January 27 in Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, here's a website, standamerica.us. 
uh, the Stand Foundation and called church service. January 27, Bishop E.W. Jackson in person and also in person, Andrew Womack, they'll be there and you would love that event. Folks, go, you will not be disappointed. Live in person, Andrew Womack, amazing Bible teacher, E.W. Jackson, amazing voice of truth, January 27, but also Flashpoint Live. Now this is amazing at Karis Bible College, February 8th and 9th. Flashpoint Live 2024, and the website for this is awmi.net slash events, awmi.net slash events. How's this? Andrew Womack is going to be there, Lance Wallnow, Mike Lindell, you know, the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell is going to be here, and Rick Green of Hobby Lobby and Patriot Academy. So many things, folks. Flashpoint, it's going to be amazing. Well. Let me change gears. I want you to meet a friend and a colleague. And uh, in the course of ministry, uh, you meet a lot of people. And uh, as might be expected, some make more of an impression than others. But from the moment I heard this gentleman on television, and then we've done a number of interviews together, I have just appreciated and, and just loved Aubrey Shines. He is a Chicago native. He began ministry in the Cook County Correctional System of Chicago as a minister, going in there to evangelize inmates. And he earned his MDiv, uh, Master of Divinity degree, and also has degree in computer science and theology, and he founded G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. And G2G uh, is ministering to over 20 different ethnic groups. He's a best-selling author. He wrote a book called Eight Questions About Race, A Black Pastor Responds to Black Lives Matter. It was the number two best-selling book on Amazon.com. That's huge, millions of books, and he was right there at the top. And he is the only clergyman mentioned in Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened on Why She Didn't Win the Election. He's a pastor, he's a journalist, he's an analyst and a great man of God, and I'm, I'm just very grateful that I can also say he is a personal friend. He's Aubrey Shines, and we welcome him tonight to this edition of Truth and Liberty. Welcome, brother. Hey, uh, hang on. I'm not sure we've got your audio. I'm not sure we've got your audio, but we, we hope to get your audio in just a second. Um, I want to make sure that everybody can hear every word you say. And Liz, we'll get audio up in just a second, folks. And Aubrey Shines is somebody you need to know about. I want you to read his, his writing and know of his work. And then we, you can pose questions. And there's so much going on. Even as we broadcast tonight, the New Hampshire primaries are happening. There's uh, studies about the state of our young people. And so that number for questions is 719-619-2341. Brother Aubrey, do, do we have your audio back? I'm not hearing you yet. Um, I'm not hearing audio yet. So let's see if we can get that, folks. Let me know when we've got his audio, okay? Do we? Say a word, brother. Not hearing, okay? Uh, uh, we don't have audio yet. We're going to get it. Just hang tight, folks, because we're going to get that audio up in just a second. And by the way, let me say, I'm at Karis this week teaching Biblical Worldview, Parts 1 and Parts 2. 
And we've got so many things, and, and it excites me because here at Karis Bible College, for one thing, there are so many first-time students that have come here. And I, I say this, if you visit the campus one time, you'll be sold. And biblical worldview, uh, parts one, two, and three. Christian apologetics, parts one, two, and three, so that you can defend your faith confidently in any situation. And uh, go to the website, charisbiblecollege.org, charisbiblecollege.org. And if you can, for one of these events, Men's Advance is coming up. The, I think the number one men's conference in North America. And of course, all of the, the great events, Summer Family Bible Conference, which is not too many months away. If you visit Karis one time, you will be sold. And there are in the third year programs a number of uh, majors, uh, practical government, business and leadership, of course, ministry and missions, but whether it's for personal enrichment or for a preparation of a whole season of your life for service, ministry, building business, running for office, Karis Bible College will equip you to be and to experience all that God has for you. KarisBibleCollege.org. Aubrey, do, do we have your audio, my friend? Do, do we know? We're working on that. Okay. Now, let me share something else that I want you to know about, folks. And that is truthandliberty.net. Now, two words that have been in the news like ad infinitum. One is democracy. Democracy, democracy. The other is this term that's now you're seeing more and more, Christian nationalism. And I just wrote an article, and I've submitted it to the Truth and Liberty website. If, if it's not up already, it'll be up pretty soon, truthandliberty.net. Uh, and if you go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe, you'll get all the articles I write, all the articles Richard Harris writes, voter guides, what's going on. It's, it's really like, besides even the broadcast, like a newswire service. So I want to encourage you to go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. And my articles, and especially the one I spent a long time researching, Christian nationalism, what is that? You can be a part of it at truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Brother Audrey, do we have your audio? Uh, let, me, let me do my volume here. Now say, say a word. Give me, give me John 3.16 or something. John 3.16. There we go. Now I got gotcha. you. You have no idea. Brother, hearing your voice is just flat out therapeutic. So uh, thanks for your patience with us as we work out these technical things. But uh, that's okay. You know, we believe the best is yet to come. That was just a minor uh, technical glitch. But uh, I really want to just pause and say thanks, Alex, so much for your kind words and the work that we're doing, not just here in Tampa, uh, but across the globe as it relates to issues that should be pertinent to every believer. And so again, thank you guys for the great work that you guys are doing. I'm really looking forward to this dialogue. Well, indeed, and we're very honored to have you on Truth and Liberty. And by the way, folks, as we raise these issues and talk, uh, whether it's on something we touch on or maybe some ancillary topic, if you want to call in with a question, the number is 719-619-2341. Uh, Brother Aubrey, uh, you've got a, a great background in your education, the way God has used you as a journalist and broadcaster, 
and as a pastor and ministry leader, how did, how did God bring you to where you are in your journey and you being, I believe, a courageous voice of truth in these times? Tell us your, your journey. You know, what's interesting, Alex, is it's, we, when we all look back at various places we've been in life, I think it really brings us to Paul's letter there in Rome when he said, for all things work together for good. Now, if you would have asked me, oh, I don't know, 35, 40 years ago, hey, did, would you have ever known, Aubrey, you were going to be here or there? I would have told you absolutely not. I think all of us, we kind of make a deposit and we receive various deposits, and those places lead us to where we are. I thought uh, when you were asking the question, even on the political realm, I actually produced a video. I had zero intention of at least assuming that video was going to do what it did. That wasn't my purpose. I was actually producing a video just to get it to a group of pastors to say, look, as believers, as ecumenical leaders, we should really examine why we and what we're doing as it relates to our politics, why we should or should not be voting for candidate A or candidate B. And, and just full disclosure, I could really care less about the party. I'm more interested in the principle, those principles that allow us, Alex, to live a Judeo-Christian ethos lived out in this great constitutional republic. And as a churchman, I took the initiative to do it. That one video, Alex, kind of catapulted me into an arena that I did not realize until I was in that I actually had been prepared from the Lord, by the Lord, for decades prior to be able to stand in the words of St. Peter and give an answer of the hope that lies within me. And Amen. here we are today going worldwide with your program. How about that? Praise God. You, you know, I love to speak to young people, but persons of any age, you know, th that thing, and I, I want you as a pastor and as, as a discipler to speak to this, Aubrey, these little things are not so little. And folks, um, whether it's a life experience and you, you realize how the Lord gets you through it, or maybe it's an area of interest and you've studied and you've got knowledge in a certain area. Aubrey, I really do think where we are in our walk and witness on any given day are the things the, the Lord has put into us, building up, yeah. preparing us for service that maybe at the time we didn't even envision. No, I, I think your, your, your finger's on the pulse. I, when you were just saying that, Alex, I was thinking about even the words of Christ. Remember, he said, don't think about what you're going to say. He says, in essence, have enough in you. And when it's time for me to speak, he said, I'll, I'll be there. I'll give you the unction. You'll know exactly what to say when I put you there. I think where a lot of us miss it, Alex, we don't go through the preparation state. We believe we're called to do something, but there's no preparation for the calling. There's a huge difference. One could only look at the life of David. We see where David was anointed by King Samuel. He comes in, pours the oil upon him. But if we study the chronology of years, it took years for David to finally rule as king over Judah and Hebron and Israel. Well, I think this is where we are now. And I say to every young person that's viewing, 
that what you're going through probably is something that God is going to end up using. I'm not, of course, offering the concept to go and do silly and crazy things, but I'm simply saying that if you are like David was, a pursuer of God's heart, with all of David's problems, one thing that none of us can deny, God said about David, he's still a man that chases my heart. So in spite mm. of his frailties, we still see the hand of God on him. I want to encourage all of your viewers to understand, you may have hoped to have lived at a different time because right now it's really crazy, the things that yeah. are going on. But here's the good news, Alex. Everyone that's viewing and listening, you were actually born for such a time as this. Amen. And I believe that God wants to use that, Alex. I really do. I, I do too. You know, different people have, you know, commented in a, a various ways. They'll say, you know, these are hard times, but these are, are the times that we've been given. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people romanticize the past or they lament the present. But, you know, the beautiful thing about being a child of God, a born-again Christian, hey, we have the Lord Almighty within us. I, I love Ephesians 4.30 that says uh, the Spirit of God seals us to the day of redemption. So give us a word, if you would, about... Uh, really rejoicing that we can be alive at this moment. Shouldn't we be zealous and say, hallelujah, this is yeah. a time to know my Lord and serve him? A absolutely. And, and I love the words that you use, even though Paul writing to the church there at Ephesus, I, my mind always goes back to Alex when the Lord himself said, blessed are you, those of you that have not seen me, but yet you believe and, and you're able to speak and echo the things that I've actually deposited within you. I look at everyone that's under, even right now, that's paying attention to what we're, we're, we're sharing right now. Again, are times difficult? Yes, but here's the beauty in the words of Esther, or at least Mordecai, to his uh, one and true Esther there. He said, look, yeah, you may not get what you think you're looking for, but Esther, you were born for such a time as this. I think, Alex, this is where we all are. There are difficult times. We're looking at emerging right now of w global world systems that mm. are trying to dominate the church. We're watching church leaders, for whatever reason, don't seem to have the element of, of courageous uh, stability within them. There's no real tenacity that's there. But yet, God is raising up another group of guys and girls that said, look, they may not be saying it, and you're watching them, but I'm going to still create an environment where you yourself, you're going to be able to talk about these things. This is why, Alex, the church cannot shy away and stay locked in our four little walls on a Sunday morning and not engage. If we do not engage the culture, then we're not living out our true definition of salt and light, and yet... These are the things that Christ himself commanded every believer to do. But if you don't know what the issues are, how then, Alex, can you engage? Impossible. Mm. Uh, tell me about G2G Ministries. G2G was actually birthed back in 1987, evangelistically speaking. It was something that uh, I was once part of one of the largest reformations in the nation, 
And I just sensed in my, my heart where Paul, again, was writing to the Corinth church, and he said, here's the ideal of God. He was talking to the Corinthian believers. He said, if you keep following the Lord, God is going to take you, and here's the quote, from glory to glory. And that's Amen. the G to G part, that Amen. we're called to be transformed from glory to glory. Well, when the church here 20 years ago was established, I never sensed to divorce myself from that initial calling, and that is to groom and to shape the minds of God's people in the word of the Lord that they could see themselves actually growing from glory to glory. There's the inception as well as the benediction, Alex, of how that came about. And, and am I correct that 41% at least of the people that you reach are men? Is that right? That, no, that's correct. And, I, and unbeknownst to me, by the way, I didn't even think about that. I was doing an interview in Washington, D.C., maybe a dozen years ago, and a question was asked. I want to say it was by Christianity Today. One of the reporters was there. They asked a question. I never thought about it. But when I heard the statistic that the majority of the churches in the United States of America, here are the, here are the stats, ranges somewhere between 7.4 to 9% or 9.2%. I reflected when that question was asked of me, and I said, well, then there's something very strange happening in Tampa because we're at 40, 41% of the membership, they're male. Amen. And I had to go and find out how and why because in all actuality, I wasn't doing anything intentionally to grow, quote, men, but we did find out why so many men were attending, and it's still true to this day. We have a very large percentage of the congregation that happens to be men. How important, in your opinion, uh, Bishop Shines, how important is it for God to have the heart and the lives of males? Oh, my God, take, well, let's look at it statistically. As you know, Alex, I, I love data. I, I love numbers. I, I can't yeah. divorce myself from it. Think about your question in this regard. When a male is absent from the home, let's just say whether they're white, black, or brown, doesn't matter. Here are mm -hmm. the percentages of what we do know. 81% of young boys that don't have a dad will end up in prison, will not finish an education mm -hmm and or, and included with rather, they will actually repeat the same cycle. Put a male in the home the way God intended, and all of a sudden those numbers totally evaporate. By the way, Alex, the same thing is true economically. So when I hear the false narrative about the, the division among black and whites in this nation, a lot of it is junk, it's fake news, it's, it's, it's nothing that has any validity because, again, numbers don't lie. Take a male and a wife, and if you have a marriage, I don't care if it's black or white, if they're educated, don't have children before marriage, they have the exact employment level and they do economically the exact same thing. So when we talk about government, well, what's the answer? Is it more government programs? No. It's getting men to raise their children. Here's God's idea. You know what, uh, uh, Bishop Aubrey Shines is our guest, folks. Uh, Aubrey, and by the way, I've got a great uh, question I want to ask you, but website, where may people find you online? 
I would love for them to go out to AubreyShines.com, AubreyShines.com, and you can find everything. Because it's easy to go out to G2G Ministries, but if they go out to AubreyShines.com, they will find everything that we do. Website, uh, RAV, various videos, interviews that I've done. They can find it all at AubreyShines.com. And by the way, RAV, uh, you're speaking of Real America's Voice, right? That is correct. Every Saturday around 3 o'clock, unless we're bumped because of our uh, election season, but I'm there every Saturday. Been there for a few years. Our numbers are incredible. As you know, we address topics ranging from constitutional issues to cultural issues, but I do it from a biblical worldview, and we find it very interesting and very informative. That's why we shine the light there at Real America's Voice. Yes. And, you know, I first got to be on your program last year. Um, I was at a convention called NRB, National Religious Broadcasters. And, I, yeah, I've done a lot of media, so have you. But I was sitting there and, you know, prepping. I'm kind of silently praying. And I came on and, uh, you know, frankly, I was a little bit intimidated because I'm like, wow, this man is a professional journalist. Uh, you know, I want to do my best, but instantly I, I, my spirit bore witness with you. I, I felt a real bond with you, but also I thought, I just want people to l listen to this man. So Real America's Voice with Aubrey Shines. Uh, tell again, where can people watch that and keep up with your, your journalism? Oh, sure. So anywhere on anything from Pluto uh, to Roku to Samsung, whatever, uh, they can go to their phone and just really download Real America's Voice or America's Voice, and you'll pull it up. My show is called America Shines with Aubrey Shines. And by the way, I have to pause and give John Solomon, the great journalist, the kudos for that name. I, I wish I had come up with that name. Unfortunately, I didn't. John did. So I have to give John kudos for that, Alex. So again, I'd love for your audience to come out and check us out every weekend. Again, download it on your iPhone or your iPad at Real America's Voice, and you'll see my logo out there. It's called America Shines with Aubrey Shines. And I want to give a shout out too to one of your staff is Jeff Reed. And yeah. Jeff, uh, I went on radio July 1 of 2009, and uh, Jeff really was my not only board op and producer, but really coached me through. Uh, I was really green back then, okay? I, I'm not much now, but in 2009, I was a beginner. But uh, we thank God for Jeff Reed. Now, folks, when we get back, we're going to talk about a lot of things. The New Hampshire primary is unfolding right before our very eyes. The number is 719 619 2341 with our very special guest, Aubrey Shines. Stay tuned. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry, and encouragement. 
our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here. So honored that you're watching and so honored to have with us journalist, pastor, best-selling author, advocate for truth, for God and country, Bishop Aubrey Shines. And uh, hey, let me, um, I want to get some questions. We have some online questions here. And by the way, folks, if you want to be on with a a phone-in question. The number is 719-619-2341. You know, there's a lot of controversy about how much Christians can insert themselves into the political arena. And uh, shortly before Christmas, James Carville, the Democrat strategist, James Carville was on a program with Bill Maher. And I noticed they were constantly throwing out the word democracy, democracy. Conservatives uh, endanger our democracy. But even worse, said James Carville, are Christian nationalists. And he said, and I quote, that Christians, and in the course of this interview, he kept referring to those people, those people. or James Carville said, December 2nd, 2023, they're a bigger threat to America than Al-Qaeda. Wow. Uh, he did. I mean, folks, Google it. I mean, surprising. Now, here's my point. Um, what do you make of this almost uh, unrelenting move to demonize Christians, uh, push us to the side, silence our voice, um, what, what's your initial reaction to that, Bishop Shines? I, I, I think, Alex, unfortunately, there's a lot of little tentacles that are, uh, I think, attached to the James Carville. It's just not him. It's people like Joy Reid. I just did a mm-hmm. big show about her, and I brought up she feels the same way, her ilk, and that is every major, what I call legacy media outlet. Why do they hate Christians so much? You and I both know this. They would never say that about Islam. They would never say it about Hinduism. They would never say it about the LGBT community, but why Christianity? Here's why. Because Christianity actually has something that they hate. It's called absolute truths. See, if any of Christianity is wrong, then all of it is wrong. But Christianity, and again, when we speak of James Carville, remember, James Carville is part of a political party that actually prohibited black people from voting. Why, you ask? Go back and study our history. The 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, all those things were done by the same political party that James Carville, Joy Reid are part of. They despised the idea that blacks could have and should have a right to vote. Well, Hmm. that same party is still doing the same thing. Now, people, Alex, may find it a little uncomfortable to talk about, well, this is politics. No, no, no. 
listen at the individuals that are representing a anti-Christian establishment. It's the same party that did not allow Christianity to be lived out as related to the ilk of slavery in this country. Same people, same party. So why do they see the Christian as the problem? Because we came and said that all people, and we were only reflecting scripture, that all people were created by a God who gave them these precious rights and these great founders realized it and they began to start this constitutional republic and we are yet perfecting it. But why does the James Carville, the Joy Reads, the CNN News, why do they hate Christians so much? Because when you look at things like marriage, we have an absolute position, male, female. When we look at things like uh, gender, again, we have an absolute position, male, female. When we talk about things like abortion, that is killed, by the way, just in the black community alone, not just the 27 million, but if you study aggregate numbers, you realize in 50 years, over 170 million black babies alone, not even counting the white and the brown ones. And but where did that come from, Alex? The Democratic Party, there was a lady by the name of Margaret Sanger, oh, and my she goodness. said, my she God. She was a racist. Uh, she was, and she was a Democrat, by the way, my friend. Now, we wow. cannot ignore things like that. So why does James Carville say it? It's simple. He's carrying the water for a political ideological bent that his party has always had. This is why Christians must be informed and we must make mature decisions when we go to vote. That's why, Alex. Do you think that the, the, the stranglehold that the Democrat vote has had on so many demographic groups, people that, that really should know better, Christians, and, and I know, my goodness, I know there are millions of people that, that love the Lord Jesus in the black community, in the Hispanic community. Uh, yes, and the, the old line, you know, Dixiecrats. The, yeah. I, I'm from the South, and I've been all over the South of people you know, old Caucasian, and I, I'm not saying they're not Christians. They, they are. They love the Lord, and they just vote straight ticket Democrat forever. And I, I've said in many a pulpit, while pastors are nervously, you know, <laughs> wondering what, where I'm going to go, but I said, look, your, your fidelity to God's Word must inform how you cast a ballot. So here's my question. Do you think that maybe finally the grip that the Democrat Party has had on these groups and others is, is breaking finally, maybe? I do. I do, Alex. I, I really do. And I, I love that you use that when you're standing in those, those pulpits, the nervous reaction, unfortunately, to some of those ecumenical leaders. I do believe this. I do believe that there are great Christians who are just ignorant. Remember, it was the prophet Hosea that said, the people perish because of the lack of knowledge, even from the priests. We never look at it that way. The way the priests are, is what Hosea said, is the way the people become. Well, do they intentionally do it? I'm, I'm not of the belief system that everyone is so diabolical that they just intentionally hate people. I don't. I right. think through ignorance, where, where, again, where we have a lack of knowledge, 
Individuals make bad choices when they are not informed. I think what we're seeing, and, and the reason I say this, Alex, look at the demographics. Legacy media, their numbers are plummeting. Why? Oh, yeah. it's You're not talking like CNN are, and such. It, absolutely. They're plummeting. Yet, groups like yours, groups like ours, no. our numbers are skyrocketing. Why? There's finally an alternative to news information where people are now tuning in saying, wait a minute, we didn't know this. We didn't know this about Margaret Sanger. Yeah. We didn't know these things about abortion and life. We had no idea why. Because we've been fed the same narrative. So is there an awakening? Alex, I absolutely believe it. And I believe this is why we're looking at a paradigm shift that has begun to happen in this great country. Well, uh, let, let, speaking of paradigm shift, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Iowa caucus, the New Hampshire primary. And let me just say, folks, um, regardless of where you stand on Donald J. Trump, just by, by the sovereignty of God, I met him in 2015. I was impressed. I spoke at four Trump events in 2016, and he, he put pro-life constitutionalists on the Supreme Court. And folks, I, I get the emails, Aubrey, people say, Alex McFarland, you're a man of God. How could you support that Donald Trump? He is, he's rude. Well, <laughs> look, I'm not asking you to call him as your next pastor. I'm just right. saying, <laughs> so, and, but, I, but I have to be honest, six months ago, I wouldn't have put a whole lot in his chances and now it looks like uh, he's going to become the nominee. I don't know. But he, here's my point. Um, how, uh, how surprised were you with the vehement way the left has attacked him, the Biden administration has really weaponized the DOJ to try to, th this sounds like something in a foreign country, but yeah. to, to break every rule in the book to try to silence your political opponent, that's not American collegial discourse, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's very undiplomatic. It certainly, it certainly reeks of nothing that has anything attached to civility. That's, that's for sure. I never doubt it. Maybe your audience will find this out, but let me help your audience. I traveled for then-candidate Donald Trump, state to state. Uh, several states, uh, speaking in some of the largest auditoriums uh, in this nation, uh, because I was standing right there uh, with him, supporting him. And by the way, I still do, unashamedly. Amen. Um, I, I have no qualms at all about saying to those that are there. Now, I get the same questions, Alex, you do. And I, I would often get letters like this, how could you support him? He's, and they would have just a litany of horrible things. I would simply, in a kind way, I hope, I would say, well, here's your problem. If you use the same criteria as a Christian, none of us would have voted for Paul, the apostle. After all, he not only blasphemed, he had men and women blaspheming all the time. He was killing Christians. None of us would have voted for David. My God, the litany of David's issues uh, would take an entire program and a half if we did it justice. So. I look at how God used King Cyrus, who Cyrus was certainly not a covenant-keeping kind of a fella by no stretch of the imagination, yet the scripture says this is who God selected 
And if you study the life of Cyrus, you'll see how God used Cyrus to bring back various feasts that Israel had once divorced him from. Well, look at, look at Trump. Only sitting president that you and I, Alex, have ever had in our lifetime that kept his word, for instance, regarding Israel. He is the only president that said, hey, elect me. I was there, by the way, when he did it in New York City. It was a closed mm -hmm. meeting. He said to a, a group of us evangelical leaders, if you put me in office, I will turn this thing around as it relates to Israel. And a lot of Christians don't know this. A lot of pastors are reluctant to talk about politics from the pulpit. Why? Because there was a Johnson Amendment that was once signed, shutting yes. down pastors. Donald Trump said, in my presence and others, put me in office, here's what I'll do. I'll make Jerusalem to be the capital there in Israel. Number two, I will sign executive order getting rid of this Johnson Amendment, and you as pastors should be able to talk. Well, I can tell you, we all know it happened. And by the way, I was at the White House when he signed the Johnson Amendment saying, pastors, please take to your pulpits and speak the truth about whatever it is, good, bad, or ugly, but you have the power. This is why this man is so feared, because he kept his word. He made us energy independent. We were not relying on those who hate us. He was shutting down Iran, who, by the way, they're on record every day of their lives. They hate Israel. They hate America. They see us as Satanists. And yet this president, I don't know why most Christians couldn't figure this one out, he gave us the best economic report we've ever recorded that has ever existed. So what's difficult? So when I watch a corrupt Department of Justice that Alex spent literally 500 witnesses, almost $50 million of our tax money to an indict a man that they later had to come out and say, actually, he didn't do it, but it was his opponent that did it. How can we not see the injustice in this as Christians and then begin to defend what is just and right? Those mm -hmm. are the facts. And anyone that would take a moment to do the research, you'll find out that it is accurate. That's why we're doing it, Alex. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, to the, uh, the friends and loved ones that, that vilify me, look, I voted, I, I campaigned for him the first time around and uh, will again. But um, regardless of what you think of the person, although I happen to know and I, I worked for James Dobson, I, uh, I'm friends with Robert Jeffers at First Baptist Dallas. Both of those men are even a little closer in than I was, although I was on those faith leader calls. And um, l let me say, uh, the, where, where Donald Trump is spiritually, that's a whole nother show. But just as a citizen, what's wrong with a better economy? What's wrong with paying less at the grocery store? What's wrong with a safer nation? What's wrong with a president that looks after the interest of taxpaying American citizens? What's wrong with when people migrate here, they take it through INS and the legal, moral, stable channels of what immigration is? What's wrong with being a friend to the only stable democracy in the Middle East and 
our longest ally? What's wrong with less terrorism? You know, uh, what's wrong with parents having rights over the life and destiny of their children? What's wrong with following our Constitution and maintaining the rule of law? Uh, Aubrey, forgive me for going off on a tangent here. I love here, it. I love it. No, I love I, it, Alex. I mean, you're, you're right. Biden, and I want to say this, as a Christian, I'm just a, a, a little guy that loves Jesus, and I love America. I can tell you, Pastor, I have prayed for Biden. I've prayed for Vice President Harris. I pray for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. I, I wish them no ill. I lift them up before Jesus. I do. God knows I do. But from day one, the Biden administration has been a train wreck. Huh. That's, and I think you're being kind uh, by using such soft uh, language like that. That's, it's beyond. First of all, I think all of America has figured out, and I say this with a broken heart, that there's something wrong. Biden is not fully there. Those of us who have been around uh, older you know, uh, individuals in this country that have suffered from some sort of brain damage or Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's, we know something is wrong. I hurt when I see my leader broken like that. My, my yeah. prayer is that he wouldn't be. But I can pray that because we are commanded to pray for those who have the authority over us, that we may live a peaceable and a quiet life with all godliness. So we're commanded to do those things. But I cannot, in good conscience, as a mature Christian, and maybe that's a stretch, I don't know, but I can't, as a mature Christian, vote for anyone, whether they are conservative or not, that don't believe in the sanctity of life, that can't figure out whether a person is a male or a female. I can't vote for anyone that hates Israel. Now, just for your public to understand, I get a lot of criticism when I even talk about Israel, primarily because audiences find out, well, you just say that, Aubrey, because your mother's a Jew. No, I don't say it for that reason. I say it because I believe it's biblical. And I believe all Christians should take a position and say, look, we got to stop what we're seeing. We're watching hundreds of thousands of people die, Alex, every year because we got poisonous drugs coming across a border that just three years ago was sealed up. And yet we're watching loved ones and those of us who pastor and we got to watch kids get strung out on drugs. We're, we're constantly dealing with issues of this magnitude. No, I want to say for America, and I can't find it at this point in the Democratic Party. Therefore, I do not apologize for being a Christian, a conservative that votes his values. That's all it's about for me. What does the scripture say? How do I line it up? a biblical worldview, and that, Alex, is the platform that I use to move forward. Uh, is it fair to say that a vote is a stewardship issue? Y yes. I think that's eloquent and excellent at the same time for this reason. I don't think most people realize that our constitutional republic really came from the Old Testament. If people were to take time and study the life of Jethro, the father-in-law to Moses, you'll begin to see how Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, gave him an idea of government to say, 
Moses, here's how you govern. These are the type of individuals you used to govern. So we see the select manner that Moses used, how he took individuals that believed in the covenant God of Israel and he appointed them. Well, we here in America, we have the same principle. This is why when you go to the Supreme Court, you see the mosaic of our Supreme Court with Moses, the great lawgiver there. These are principles that have been derived from Scripture. Mm -hmm. My and your and our audience responsibility, in the words of Benjamin Franklin, we need to be able to maintain this republic if we can. Therefore, we must put effort to do so if we're going to live a peaceable life, not being incarcerated, not being fired from your job, simply because you believe in the things you believe in. We must eradicate this cancerous idea out of our politics, and then I believe we can all have the type of freedom and peace that we all fight for. And I believe that's what, what we're doing and why we do, Alex, the work that we do. Um, biblically, what, what do you believe? And this is a, a question that's come in online. Uh, the, the biblical position on immigration and, and how, should, how should we, between being a constitutional citizen and a born-again Christian, what should be our view on immigration and especially on those that are here illegally? So I think it's a great question. I answer this question, Alex, all the time. Not necessarily in this chronological order, but think of this. In the Old Testament, it's clear. God actually divided the land and would not allow individuals that were not part of that land to be part of that nation. Why? Because where there is no border, there is no sovereignty, there is no land. I want your viewer, whoever asked the question, because it's a fantastic question, let's yeah. think of heaven. Just heaven for a moment. Everyone can't get to heaven. There's a gate. Use the metaphor, the wall, if you want the metaphor. Jesus comes and says, hey, I'm the border. I'm the gate. And no one is going to get to the Father, get in this city, except by a group of statues. In essence, you got to believe in me. In other words, we see the law. We also see it with the great St. Paul. Paul says, that our government and our structure has been finally given by God, that those who break the law, that there are executioners that were not, not in the sense of executing them as in death, but those men, he said, I put laws in the land. And here's what Paul said. He said, it was done for those who would be lawless. When we come across a border that we shouldn't be in, there are laws. And if you're going to start out in a nation by breaking the law, that's not a good sign. Lastly, Alex, if you and I, case in point, if we were to sneak across one of our southern borders and go into Mexico, uninvited, without proper papers, here's the law of Mexico. We would be immediately put in jail mm -hmm. for a several year period of time with no one to help us. So again, God is the God of law and order. He is the great lawgiver. And I believe that if we're going to start something, let's not start out by breaking the law. Let's, let's abide by the law, come into the country, do it the right way, 
And my God, what a great opportunity you have. But if we eliminate the borders, just as in heaven, if all the walls are eliminated or gates in heaven, that means that I can live any kind of way and I can just still get to heaven. That is not a biblical idea. That is a devilish idea. And God does not support it. So uh, time fleets away. And, you know, I've just got so many dozen questions I want to ask you. And we've got questions coming in online as well. But I've got to ask you this. Uh, assuming Donald Trump is the nominee, and it certainly looks uh, like that's where uh, the, the winds are blowing. Uh, VP picks. Do you have any, would you care to prognosticate on that, my <laughs> journalistic <on> friend? <laughs> I am on record, by the way, when he first got elected. I was actually interested in another candidate, and I felt very strong. The Lord had impressed upon my heart uh, to begin to publicly speak uh, that Donald Trump would be the next, and I felt it was a very strong prophetic moment. It ended up being incredibly accurate. No, I have a lot of guys that are out there. I do believe he's going to pick a male. Um, I have a lot of guys that I would just love to see. Guys like, for instance, Cash Patel. I, I would love to see him out there. I, I think the world of this guy. I, I like so many other guys. I, I better not taint that water, Alex, because some of these guys I know, and after they see this show, I'll, I'll, my phone will blow up and say, hey, why did you feel that I was qualified to do this? So I think I better back away from that. But I think there is a plethora of great guys that are out there that I believe that uh, this, this, uh, this gentleman, Donald J. Trump, uh, will select that I think will do incredibly well. I tell you, the bench is pretty full. And uh, he has some, oh, yeah. some, some good candidates out there. So we're going to continue to pray for him. And... I think we should all pray for Donald Trump's safety. I really believe yeah. and I sense they're yes. going to try to destroy this guy. Do you know, because, look, let me say this is about the Great Commission. Uh, Aubrey, uh, I come from a very patriotic family, and my mother was a public school teacher 28 years, and she was uh, in the 50s before she was married. My mother, Rebecca Strawn, she's in heaven, she was president of the North Carolina Young Republicans, and my dad was a decorated World War II vet, and, you know, I still, when I'm at a ball game and they sing that national anthem, I get a little emotional, uh, my friend. But, but let me say this. For 200 years, people, the, the United States has been at the forefront of Christ's Great Commission. Go, go with me on mission trips to developing nations, and when you find a well or a hospital, it's Compassion International, Samaritan's Purse, World Help, World Vision, uh, Baptist Men on Mission. I mean, America, I believe this, and I want you to comment as time fleets away. I think we've been in the crosshairs of a spiritual battle because we're, we're a nation that has had Christianity from the fabric of our DNA. We're a nation that has funded the Great Commission, taken Jesus to the ends of the earth. That's why Satan is fighting the United States of America. Am, am I right? Oh, not only that, Alex, while you were saying that, I couldn't help but to think of all of our major, what's now called our Ivy League institutions. If you go back and study, for instance, Harvard. Harvard now isn't what Harvard once was. When you go back and study the charter and look at, you know, their cornerstone, what you'll find out, it had everything to do 
were doing mission work for Christ. This yeah. was Harvard University. I know it's not nowhere near where it is, you know, of course, but the, every major institution was built upon the premise of a Christ-centered nation. I often think, Alex, also about even our federal government. It's hard for people to even conceive. But our government was once the number one promoter of biblical literacy. That was, by the way, funds that would go from the federal level to the state level, and our children back during that time actually learned the scripture. They learned scripture because they believed that if you could understand right and wrong, you could have a better nation. And so, again, our DNA spiritually is undeniable. This nation was founded upon a Judeo-Christian ethos. And until we continue to fight to get back there, we'll go in the wrong direction. I sense, Alex, that we're in the midst of a great battle. And I believe that Christians are marching forward, onward Christian soldier, and we're trying to recapture what was once lost in this great nation. That's why we do the work that we do. Indeed. This question might surprise you. We're almost out of time. But, um, and again, I, I've grown up around older people. Uh, my wife was in gerontological medicine. We love and revere our elders. But yes. like you, my, my heart is heavy when I see what Joe Biden is being put through a lot of times. Will he be the candidate for the Democrat Party? No, I, I can't see it, Alex. Not only is he sick, and I, and I say that with a broken heart because yeah. I don't like seeing anyone sick. I know. Um, they're, they're reading the numbers, and they know they can't win with this guy. And what most people don't realize, the Democratic Party actually has the ability, the way they set their system up, that when it's time to, quote, select their man, when they go to their convention, they can actually substitute that individual. I cannot see them, unless they're interested in going down in flames, they're not going to be able to stick with this candidate. And the problem is that Kamala Harris, polling-wise, is way down the list. No one's interested in this lady at all. She's very divisive, not good for America. And uh, I think they, the Democratic Party, they really have a problem. I believe, Alex, they understand this. This is why they're trying to either incarcerate and or assassinate President Donald J. Trump. They know Amen. that there's a reckoning that's coming. As Christians, we better really start praying for this man. Bishop Aubrey Shines, we thank you so much for being on Truth and Liberty. By the way, folks, you can watch this show again. Share it with others, truthandliberty.net. And Bishop Shines, thank you. I look forward to when you and I can speak again. Folks, pray for America. Pray for America. Stand strong for truth. May God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.